Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Alt Kings podcast. I'm your host, Tate, and today we have AJ Wright's Crypto. It's an honor to have you today, man. How you doing? What's up? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm doing great as well. So, cool. I mean, you've been in this space for quite some time now. You are the writer for BitBoy Crypto. He's one of the biggest influential people in this Web3 ecosystem, I guess some could say. And um, I'm curious, I'd love to start out with, what really got you into crypto and how did that journey begin? Oh, man. So there's like a, a lot of different versions of this story and they all vary by like a five hour version to the five minute version. So I'm going to try my best to give the five minute version of the story. Sure. Uh, ba- basically, uh, I, I have to say this part. So um, I lived in Connecticut, uh, like New Haven, um, you know, from 2013, 2016, something like that. Um, and my buddy, Eric, who actually passed away, rest in peace. Rest in uh, peace. I got in a car accident a couple of years before and I find I got a check for like $6,000 or something like that, like a couple of years later. And I got the check and my friend Eric was like, dude, you need to put that entire thing into Bitcoin. And at the time, like I worked at a coffee shop, like I was going to college. Like I, I was like, dude, I just want to buy a nice dinner for my girlfriend. Like, I, yeah. I'm not buying Bitcoin. Like, you're crazy, bro. <laughs> and I, I've done the math. And if I would have listened to him, that would be worth over like three or four million dollars right now. Holy cow. So everyone has that shoulda, coulda, woulda story. But my shoulda, coulda, woulda story was in like 2015, 2016. So from that moment on, I always knew that I wanted to – I liked the idea of it. He explained it to me well. I watched this movie called Dope. Basically, is where if you ever seen it, it's um a very great cultural movie, and like crypto is kind of like the crux of how the story works out. And that was a movie made in 2014 or 2015. So seeing that movie was definitely a good start too. So basically, moving forward, uh, I played a lot of online poker. Um, a lot of people in the crypto community are former poker players. Oh uh, yeah, and I actually bought my first Bitcoin to put uh bitcoin onto a poker site and i wish i just kept the bitcoin and didn't play the poker <laughs> was it a but it's bitcoin? okay oh no no oh, okay uh, it was like 0. 0.4 or something sure. but Still. it wasn't that much money but it wasn't that much money back then you know yeah, what I mean? that's true so um so basically moving forward you know uh I like came up racing motocross. I raced dirt bikes like basically my entire life. Uh, if I didn't break 27 bones along the way, I probably would have went pro. Uh, I'm friends with a lot of people who do race pro. I'm going to three of the next four supercross races in the coming weeks. Very excited right. for that. Uh, so I had a really gnarly run racing. Um, and in 2019, was it 20? I don't even remember what year it was. I broke my left humerus bone in half really bad. And uh, I had to get surgery. There's a rod in there that will never come out. And uh, that was a super low point of my life. And my girlfriend, who I'm still with, Jada, um, you know, her grandfather was really into Bitcoin. And he bought a bunch of Bitcoin, like 3000 5000 et cetera. And then by the time my fingers started working again, COVID happened. So I had this really long period of downtime where I didn't have a job. Um, I got some like government like money every like month or every week, I don't even every other week or whatever, um, because of the the pandemic and my arm was broken. So I was kind of at this like crossroad where I was like, what am I going to do? Like, like when my arm heals up, I want to like make sure I'm doing something productive, something like that'll better, better my life. And I thought long and hard about it. And I decided to listen to Jada's grandfather, Marty, and I got into Bitcoin and then I started learning about altcoins and then 
basically that's where the story really starts. But I have to give the background, you know. Of so course. that's where the story re- really starts. So from that moment on, I remember I decided I like wrote in my journal that I planned every minute of every day for over two years. I from the second I woke up to the second I went to bed. Uh, when I was going to study, when I was going to read articles, when I was going to listen to, you know, Ivan on Tech, Allcoin Daily, BitBoy Crypto, uh, the list goes on and on. Like I, I was a student of the game for for two two plus years. I I, I actually studied crypto for a y- over I don't know about ten months before I even made my first trade. I was That's so smart. dedicated. I was so dedicated to learning TA, and I have to give a lot of credit to uh, Market Cipher and. Um, um, crypto face, crypto face, integral part of my learning experience and his discord. Um, like once you, if you get a market cipher, um, membership, you have access to the discord. And then that discord, I asking a lot of questions and stuff. So definitely like kind of in, in integrating myself in the communities and just studying. I mean, in college and high school, I got straight A's the whole time. Like I know how to learn. And I just kind of applied that like really like obsessive mental, capacity and, tr- and I treated crypto like a college class that I had to get an A on as if my life depended on it because it did. So that's like kind of where it started. Nice. It's I feel as if majority of people start out with Bitcoin since Bitcoin's the one that, you know, created everything. And that's how my journey yeah. started as well. I started with Bitcoin and then I realized I wasn't a big fan of Bitcoin because it necessarily wasn't the most sustainable as well as Ethereum. I realized both of those guys weren't as sustainable as many altcoins are out there currently speaking. And then I went down the XRP loophole and found Hadoop nice. Hashgraph, Algo Quant, and those guys oh, yeah. are the ones that I've stuck with ever since. And yep. you mentioned That's that cool. throughout high school and college, you're a straight A student. You're yep. big into writing. How did that journey yep. begin? Have you always been obsessed with writing or where did mm, that start? Yeah. Well, I always like kind of making something out of nothing. Like making something sure. – the idea, the concept of making something out of nothing was always really appealing to me. I always knew from a young age that like a life could be changed with a story. Um, I really liked reading. Um, you know, really like inspired by some of the greats like Tolkien, J.K. Rowling, uh, Chuck Palahonic. Like the list goes on and on of the crazy authors you that I read. To read also. Um, not as much. See, I wish I sure. read as much as I did back in my college days. I, I was on a big like uh, Chuck P kick for a very long time in college. Um, nice. And uh, like, there's just so many authors. Um, oh, yeah. Tim O'Brien, Ron Curry Jr. There's just so many that uh, inspired me. So I always knew that like, you know, life, life can be changed with a story. Like I love going to the movies. Like really from like a creative side. Like um, I was really into like kind of pop punk, post hardcore music. Uh, I was in a lot of bands from the time I was like 16 to the time I was probably like 27. Uh, I was in and out of uh, like hardcore bands, pop punk bands. I was on tour for a while. Like I I did it for real and like kind of writing lyrics, writing rap songs. Um, I mean, college papers, of course. Uh, So I always like had a background in writing. And when I lived in Connecticut, I uh, took a summer workshop class through – the college I was going to, the college I was going to was called Gateway, but the, the, the writing, creative writing workshop was hosted at Yale and taught by a Yale professor. So, wow. and that was like a, like a one month thing that was over the summer. Uh, it was like six weeks. It doesn't matter. But this workshop was super, super important to like me kind of unlocking like the ability to not just get your attention, but to hold it. 
like getting getting you to click the video is one thing. Retention, like you staying and watching the video, that's another thing. True. And that's kind of where I learned that the art of that. Um, like I would like to kind of maybe like write a fiction novel one day. I've actually written fiction novels. I haven't released them. I actually would probably hate them if I went back and reread them. But I've just been a big nerd. Basically, instead of the past three minutes I've been talking, I'm a big nerd. <laughs> and that's why. Like, you know, so, yeah. Yeah. Got to be. You got to be. Yeah. Were you a part of the factor of Big, Big Boy's creation of his book? Did you have any implement, implementation into that by chance? No, no, no I didn't. Um, you know, Ben really had a good vision on what he wanted. Uh, I know him and uh, another writer on the team, John Vibes. Uh, Vibes works remote from Maryland. I also worked remote from Maryland for the first uh, little year and change working for Ben. And then I came out to visit, actually to watch the dirt bike race. And then I was, I visited them while I was in town and then Ben kind of didn't really ask. He demanded that I came here full time and, um, and I moved that summer. So last June, you know, I'm coming up on a full year here in Georgia, um, being here, which is just completely insane. Especially when I think like when I was on the ground and my arm was backwards, uh, I never would have believed any of this, you know? That's incredible. So yeah, talking about Ben. How did you first initially create that connection with him? Where did you meet him? How did you connect with him? And then how did this whole entire process really evolve into what it is now, you being his writer? Yeah. Yeah, great question. Um, yeah, so like I said, I planned every minute of every day. I never missed a BitBoy Crypto live stream. Like even if I missed <laughs> a couple best. other videos, I was not missing Ben. <laughs> uh, you know, he, he was just such a captivating person, like – you really like when he says something, you want to hear what he has to say next. Like you feel like he like has the keys to the universe or something. Like <laughs> he's just one of those characters that like is just I don't know. I, I really like listening to him. I really like his story and um I listen to his show every day. So, you know, I was actually helping my dad out. Um he my dad owns a motorcycle shop in Maryland, which was why all my dirt bikes were so fast. And um so I was working at the shop with my dad one day and I was listening to Ben on the speaker. And my girlfriend was actually with me. We were eating lunch and they were like, uh, you know, we're looking for like a technical analysis person. So if you want to like make a video and submit it to us, uh, you know, we'll, we'll let you know. And then like, I kind of looked over at Jada when, when he said that and Jada was like, you're making a video. And I was like, oh, like they won't pick me. Like, no way. And basically she was like, you're fucking, you're effing sleeping outside if you don't make this video. <laughs> Like you're asleep, you're outside, like in with the dogs. So I was all right. So I like made this video and I didn't really think what I was going to say. I didn't do a bunch of takes. I, I set my camera up in uh, the showroom of my dad's motorcycle shop. And I said what I felt, a complete, honest, painstakingly honest approach. One take. I made my video and I sent it. Just and I was like, because I didn't want to like pretend to be someone I wasn't. I was just like, listen, if they're going to hire me, they're going to get AJ. And that's what I gave them. And I sent that video out and I didn't hear anything for like a month or something. And Piano Matty B was doing TA, you know, singing a piano. So like he like landed the job. But I think they already had him picked out before they made that. It doesn't matter. Um, but anyway, a month later, I was in a gas station buying a Red Bull and I got an email from Nick DeMondi. And Nick was like, hey, like, we watched your video. Uh, can I call you? And I just remember, like, doing a circle in that gas station. And I just screamed, like, 
yes, like as loud as I could. And everyone looked That's at me amazing. like I was crazy and they had no idea what I was up to, you know? And, uh, so I talked to Nick Demondi the next day and, um, he asked me, you know, if I wanted to be a writer and I was like, that's kind of perfect. Like I can do that, especially cause I wanted to, I was still racing dirt bikes at the time. So I like wanted to stay in Maryland anyway. Um, yeah. And that's just the way it worked out. So it wasn't like a, it was just a chance thing that I heard him say that and Jada made me make the video and, and I think I always wanted to make the video, but Jada like really pushed me. That's great. I, I don't think I would have made pushed it. you and support you during the whole process. And I mean, the rest yeah. of this history at this point, you know, and I'm yep. curious yep. as being the writer for BitBoy Crypto, what is that response? What are those responsibilities? What does that entail? You know, what do you do yep. on a current day-to-day operations? Yeah, man. So it's, it's an all day, every day thing. Uh, Number one, I'm basically married to all the crypto aggregator sites. Um, crypto Panic is one of my home pages. Um, you know, I basically have to know every news story. I'm on crypto Twitter all the time. Um, like some days I don't even like use it to post. I feel like I would have a bigger following if I posted more. Uh, but I, I, I use it as a tool. Like I'm, I'm reading more than I'm writing on Twitter because I'm like trying to figure out like the drop, like you know, they say, like if you show me the the charts, I'll tell you the news. I like kind of see the other way of that, you know. I'm like on the other end of that spectrum because sure. I'm like by, by requirement, I have to know every story. I have to know what happened, um, and just that the pursuit of that education and kind of you know getting the inside drop on what really happened. That's a whole other thing because. There's what they write, and then there's what happened. That's true. And I really learned that from. Um, I'm sure we'll get into that uh, part of the story later, but it it's crazy, like what we read and what it is. So, um, and then trying to figure that out, like read between the lines. Like you want the gossip, you know what I mean? Like it it is a it, there are a lot of characters in this story. I kind of feel like crypto is like a show on Netflix that we binge watch every day, except yeah. it's in real life. A lot of so, propaganda. Yeah, so you kind of got to like kind of get through what's fake, what's real, what's important, what people want to hear, what people don't care about. Um, it's a process. And uh, yeah, so like I said, um, when we first started talking, you know, I kind of get there in the morning, I help make the live stream for the title. Uh, I may or may not help out with blockchain basement. I help with around the blockchain, the questions for around the blockchain, um, writing, uh, working with Ben, working with scripts, uh, the ideas. We kind of have like brainstorm sessions where we think about like what kind of content we want to make and then we'll like execute that. And like, um, there's a like, lot. It's like when I write this, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. And like when I write a script for Ben, like if I nail it exactly what he wanted, like he will read what I write what I wrote, but a lot of times he is kind of editing it, like, like, you know, making it his own. I don't ever want to say that, like I'm out here saying everything, typing what he said is not the case. He has a lot of input and this is, is his channel and I would expect nothing less though. Yeah. And a lot of it, I feel is some of it, or maybe a lot, who knows? It's just, you know, right off the, right off his lip, you know, right in that moment, he says what's coming from yeah. the heart at that moment. You know, it, it's not necessarily yep. reading word for word, line for line, script for script in that initial yep. moment of those live streams. A lot of it's just coming from his heart. I feel as if that's what he, at least he portrays yeah. it. To totally. Me. Totally. Yeah. Ben, like, it's funny. I went on the book tour with Ben, uh, which was such an experience. And I've seen the guy walk in front of a couple hundred people with a microphone with basically nothing in his brain. Like he doesn't plan to say anything. He just goes. And yeah. he like, 
he can Ben could keep talking for probably six hours without stopping. That's like, incredible. And, and and it'd still not be boring. It would still be captivating. Like he yeah. he can just go. He just goes. And uh that ability, I'm like trying to learn that from him a little bit because sometimes like my mind moves faster than my mouth and I kind of get tripped up. But Ben Me he, too. Just, he just he just goes, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. No, that's awesome to hear. I mean, it's nice yeah. to have somebody like that where you're able to, you know, use them as a reference and a guidance when it comes to your own personal life and the way you you portray yourself to the world as well. Because he's a big yeah. inspiration to a lot of people. I mean, he wrote his own book. He's been in this space yeah. for over a decade now, I feel as if. I, I, that's right, yeah. right. He's been in this space for over a decade. Yeah. yeah. And, Did, you yeah. know, he's, it's, he's very influential. And a lot of people look yeah. to him for quality, resourceful information. And it's nice to be able to look at somebody like that on a day-to-day basis and be like, you know, whatever happens – I have him and he's got me yep. and that's how it works. Yeah. It's a strong connection, you know, and you need that. Yeah, totally. And, so, and like, you know, Ben, good, good. Oh, sure. No, no, you can go. I, I was just going to follow up with kind of the writing process and how the world's continuing to evolve, but I'd love to allow you to finish. No, I, I it was, I don't even remember what it was. Okay. It was just All something right. silly. Yeah. Well, you know, this day and age has been so much, it's been crazy. I mean, if you think about it, the way that AI has really just progressed in this world mm-hmm. is it's ramped up 100x within the last year and it doesn't even feel like it. And not a lot of people can really yep. comprehend that. I'm curious, mm-hmm. as a writer, have you been utilizing AI at all? And have you been bringing that and u- using it in your day-to-day work by chance? Because, I mean, mm-hmm. from my – Yeah, great question. From what I personally use, I use AI at least, I'd say, once a day, whether it's, you know, a Discord announcement mm-hmm. or a potential tweet. Mm-hmm. It definitely helps evolve the creativity, from my eyes, at mm-hmm. least. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, first of all, great question. So, AI is definitely a great tool as a writer. Do I ask it a question and copy-paste that? Absolutely not. Do I use it as research in if I like want to know something like, um, you know, I was learning about um, super PACs and political donations today. And I asked AI like, hey, like what happens to the money if a candidate loses? Like, does it go back to the super PAC? And I'll, I'll have a conversation with it asking all these questions like stuff I don't know. So sure. that's the kind of way I'll use it as a tool or if like there's a weirdly worded sentence. And I want to make sure it's grammatically correct. I will ask, hey, is this sentence grammatically correct? And then paste the sentence. You know what I mean? So Yeah, definitely. Um, so DZ and I, I'm actually good friends with DZ. But uh, when we're live together on camera, we kind of do this thing where we play devil's advocate against each other. And people think like we're actually bickering. But it's actually like we always know like that we're – that it, it's in good fun. Um, even though it might seem like it, we've like – you know, it, it's just like a part, it's a part of the entertainment. Sure. We want people to feel like it's heated sometimes. So, but we actually kind of got into a bicker recently on uh, blockchain basement. And he basically told me that because I don't use AI to assist me in my writing, that I wasn't giving Ben my best work. And I took offense to this because first of all, if you're going to write something completely using AI, I can tell, I can read something and tell you if AI wrote it. Uh, Cause no one's perfect. Second of all, I'm not writing for a pub. It, what I'm writing is not getting published. What I am writing is meant to be said out loud specifically by Ben Armstrong. I know Ben Armstrong. I've listened. He's a 
great friend of mine. And I listened to him talk for two years before I ever wrote a single sentence for him. Therefore, I know the certain cadence. I know the way he delivers jokes. I know the way he talks. And because of that, AI writing my stuff for Ben is doing Ben a disservice because I want the character of Ben to bleed through the writing, not what some sort of biased computer would say about it. And it's kind of like if you ever like recorded drums um, in the music studio, you could do it on a computer, but all the velocity, the sound is the same for everyone. But if a human plays the drums, the velocity, the sounds a little different and humanized drums sound better than machine made drums because there's character, there's passion, there's like things a computer wouldn't say. A computer couldn't give you what I'm going to give you. Exactly. And that is why I would never, you know, I, I can use it as a research tool, but I would never ever copy paste anything AI says because that's not, Ben is not a robot. Yeah. It wouldn't know? mirror his tendencies at all. That makes complete exactly. sense. Exactly. Yeah. That's, yep. that's very, that's a very great answer. I get, I, I'd put it yep. in. So, I mean, cause AI, like you said, it's, it's pretty easy to pick up on things because at points it can be very abstract with the way it articulates, you know, paragraphs, sentences, it can, it can be very creative, but then it can also be very yeah. overly noticeably creative to the point where like, you yes. know, this isn't necessarily coming from somebody, <laughs> which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Especially when you like read something that like someone, you know, wrote, and then you read it and then you think to yourself, you're not that smart. Yeah. You didn't say that. Like, you know what I mean? So I don't know. It's not, it, I don't know. It's definitely a great tool. And I don't think like AI is going to replace people. I feel like people using AI are going to replace lesser skilled people. It's all about how, what you say to it at the end of the day. Cause I mean, you can yeah, be the prompts super simple with what you say to it. And then you can be super abstract and super just very direct. And yep. it's going to just tell you what you, what you want to know. Obviously, it's not going to give opinion-based things, but it's going to tell you the facts and it's going to yep. inspire a lot more creativity. That's what I've noticed from it. And I mean, I'm just an average yep. writer. I don't write for anybody or, you know, I'm just, yeah. I use it to my occasion, more or less. And yeah. I just wanted to see totally. your opinion on it as well, because as a writer yourself, AI could be something that you benefit from. And it's nice to know that yeah. you utilize it to your best capabilities. Yes. Yeah. Definitely a great research tool. Great research tool. Nice. Definitely helps. So staying on the BitBoy team, what is sure. it like traveling with BitBoy Crypto? He's always everywhere. I mean, one day he's in the Bahamas, and the next day he might be oh, yeah. in LA. You never know where he's going. What's oh, yeah. it like? Uh it's funny. I don't even know where he is right now. <laughs> um, you know, um, Ben traveling with Ben is it's a it's kind of like exactly how you would imagine it. Um, you know, I mean, the book tour was the book tour was absolutely insane. I mean, we were in like San Diego, L.A., Vegas, Texas, Chicago, Boston, Miami, Denver, Minneapolis. It just kept going and going (laughs) and going forever. And I went to the Bahamas with him twice before the book tour, uh, which was quite an experience. I was at SBF's extradition hearing, which was absolutely insane. That is insane. Um, But Ben is just so much fun. Like, you, you don't ever have to worry about anything. Like, you know, if like some people in the crew, like start to get like, nervous or whatever he's just like 
what's wrong? Like, why are you? No, like we're, ha- we're here to have fun, like have yeah. fun. And like, I definitely, um, like Ben always knows I'm down for a silly goose time. Like if other people like go to bed or whatever, he'll know, like if he wants to like go hang out or go here or there, he'll, he'll know that I will go. Cause I don't care how late we stay out. Yeah, so yeah, um, we're always having a, yeah, for sure. So we're always having a good time. And Ben and I are both sober. Like we don't drink, we don't do anything. So it's not like we're out there partying, but we're still having a good time. That's all that matters. I mean, you yeah. can have a good time over, you know, a bag of chips and a soda. It just depends on what yeah. you make to be that good time at the end of the day. I, I'm but, having a good time right now. You know, of Nothing course. To me. Yeah. me too. Yeah. Cool. So it's, it's nice to know how much you appreciate working with Ben and the rest of his team and how you do your work. And I'm glad we're able to dive into that. Now I'm curious about, yeah. you know, the altcoin side of things. What are some of the altcoins sure. that you have your eye on currently speaking? And what are those altcoins that you consider your favorites, quote unquote? Sure. All right. So my day trading side of this, uh, my day trading is way different than how I look at accumulation. Um, I have like a ledger with a bunch of crypto on it. And that is the stuff that I will, I won't touch that ledger until we're in price discovery mode in a bull run. Um, So the way I approach like long time stuff is way different than how I approach short time stuff. So I'll start with the short time stuff for short time day trading, scalp trading. Most of my trades last less than an hour. Sometimes they go more and I'll move my stop loss up. But basically I look for coins that, have that extra hint of volatility. Like if Bitcoin moves in a 1% range, this coin will move in a 12% range. And if you can find the direction and use leverage, you can use that volatility to your advantage. Coins I like to day trade. Um, I've been recently, my favorite day trade coin has been AGIX Singularity Net. That coin just moves. It just goes and you can ease it like you can when it starts putting on higher highs or lower lows on like a two minute chart it's so obvious that it's about to run one or two percent this way and then turn around and go one two or two percent the other way wow. and if you're using 5x leverage you make a 10 percent gain and a 10 percent gain and a 10 percent gain all day long so agix is a coin that i've watched so much i know i'm very good at watching it move uh people people have asked me to get for me to for them to give me money to tell them my position and I, and I can't do it. Um, maybe one day if I, if I get my own, if I get my own YouTube channel, uh, I was thinking about going back to school and becoming an official financial advisor. Nice. That way I could actually help people with their crypto. I mean, there are YouTube channels that give financial advice that don't give financial yeah. advice, but, um, Definitely. I was thinking maybe even do like super followers on Twitter or some, something like that. If I like wanted to give some of my positions away, um, but it would have to be done very carefully. Um, and it would have to be for the right price because this is this isn't this isn't free. You know what I mean? So especially doing uh, like the money. I mean, because we're exactly scenario, they miss that trade, they lose a shit ton of money, and then they're right. kind of looking back at you and like, what the heck, man? But it, at the end of the day, it's yeah. not in your power. It's their choice to make that decision. Exactly, and a lot of times. The, I have to make sure before I take someone on to help them with trading is that they're educated with trading enough to a point where I don't feel bad about giving them advice. Because if I'm if I'm telling someone like, yeah, I'm going to go short on this coin, but I'm waiting for a retest. And then they go short on the coin when I said that and the coin goes up. I'm like, well, I said I was waiting for a retest. And they don't know what that means. Yeah, They don't know I'm waiting for it to go up so that I can short it. Like, so 
I have to make sure any, like, you know what I mean? And even then I, I don't really know the gray tape of the legality of helping people trade. So I've just stayed away from it. Like it's not, I'm not saying I won't do it one day or a variation of it, but right now that's why I don't do it. Sure. Um, so, but basically, so phantom is another great coin, the day trade. Um, it has a little bit of a bigger market cap than AGIX, uh, but it is still a fairly predictable coin. Um, I don't really day trade coins like Bitcoin or Ethereum or Cardano. It, it, it's not worth it. Like I'm yeah. looking for coins outside between outside of the top 40. Those are the coins that you want to day trade because you want that volatility. You're There's not 20, like 20,000 out there. You got plenty to choose from. <laughs> exactly. You so you want the volatility. So for for long-term holds basically my my uh, this is very controversial. A lot of people don't like my take on this. I will never own a whole Bitcoin. In fact, I don't own any Bitcoin. I don't want any Bitcoin. I'm not a multimillionaire. I'm not even a millionaire. And because of that, I have no intention. If I was, you know, if I had $10 million, I would be cool with holding Bitcoin to hedge inflation. Other than that, it's not doing me any favors. If it goes back to all-time high, what am I going to do? Not even 3x my money? I'm not in crypto to not even 3x my money. It's a very good point. No, sir. Absolutely not. That's why I don't buy Ethereum. My biggest coin that I own is Cardano. Cardano. And actually, I got this book in the mail from a writer named John Green. Uh, he sent, he wrote this book and he sent it to me. I read like the first, like probably 30 pages. It's really good. It's called Cardano for the Masses uh, by John Green. Uh, wow. Shout out to him for mailing me this book. I'm nice. going to finish it one day, but it's a very, very big book. Yeah, it looks thick. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. I, I work a lot. Of, I work a lot, bro. So, but I am, I am giving it hell. So uh, shout out to him. So, yeah, so Cardano is the biggest market cap point I'll hold. Um, uh, so the rest of my accumulation back. So before I go into the other coins, last bull run, I missed out on a lot of money because I was over diversified. I, I felt like I had to have a thousand dollars in 20 coins. I didn't, and because I was so scared to miss a pump, I did not want to miss a pump. If something pumped and I wasn't in it, I was so upset. But like I, I played the game wrong by being so spread out. So despite with a lot of people, despite a lot of really hot takes out there, my controversial statement is to hold less than six coins and don't hold Bitcoin or Ethereum. I'm That's on the my same boat as you, my friend. I hold there only we go. four coins. That's it. I love that. There yeah. you go. You're thinking. That's smart. That's smart. See, I was saying four coins, but yeah. then I decided there are coins that I want to be in that are outside of. Maybe a so basically, here and there, just you don't want to expand your horizon. Yeah, a couple grand. You, know? where you don't have really any capital. Say if you're working with a small position, you don't have much really yeah. money to invest in a crypto, nor do you want to potentially lose money from crypto. You don't right. want to expand yourself out so far where you don't have much money in everything. And when prices do start to you know, spike in the bull run, you won't be making those yeah. gains as much as you wish you could have. Exactly. So that, that's literally 100% how I feel about that. Um, and I'm glad that, you know, other people are, are seeing it that way because some people are like, oh, like I have, I'm holding 40 coins. Is that too many? And I'm like, that's too many by 30. Like, you know what I mean? So um, it's crazy. It's absolutely yeah. crazy. It, the mindset behind some people's trading 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 strategies, I just don't understand, and I don't care to understand. So anyway, here we go. That point. <laughs> oh, you just got totally, man. Best of luck. So yeah. my the coins I'm holding: Cardano, Algorand, H Bar, 
XRP, ICP, and I will have more AGIX uh, accumulated by the time it goes anywhere. Currently, I'm just day trading it, so I'm not currently holding any. Um, with that all said, I really liked before um, I was kind of like with Algorand, for example, when, last time it was at 30 and it went to 42. I actually sold my entire bag at 40 cents. Wow. Because I thought I thought Bitcoin was going down and then sure enough, Bitcoin went down. And then I bought most of my Algorand position around 17 cents. So I have kind of played that game where you get all the way out and get all the way back in. And I wouldn't advise that game unless you're Never. really spending a lot of time yeah. with the charts. You got to be spending a lot of time to be plugged in like that. But um, I have made those kind of moves before, but those same kind of moves kind of bit me in the butt last full run. So this time, if you know, if I'm holding it, I don't like holding things while they're falling. It drives me absolutely crazy. I'm like, why am I just losing money? But with that, Ben has kind of talked me into taking a more long-term approach um, kind of like, dude, no, it doesn't matter what you buy right now. And it doesn't matter if it goes down 20% tomorrow. You're not selling this tomorrow. You're selling this at the top of the bull run, which isn't tomorrow. So it's a very good point. That's kind of, that's kind of the way I've been looking at things. So, and that's why I separate from the beginning. I separate my day trades from my short term because my short terms are for the short term. That's like kind of my, my trade, have fun, leverage trade, do what I want bag. And then my long terms, that's for way down the road. So you got to nice. make sure when you do a trade, you know the difference, which sure. is why I always write down every trade, the goal for that trade. And when it gets to that goal, I get out, I, I make a plan, I execute the plan, and then I stick to the plan because yeah. that's actually how you make the money. A lot of times people will just kind of kind of hit their plan, but oh, I could go up more and Let's then emotions. they get wrecked. You got yeah. to stick to the plan. That's a very good point. I'll tell you my yeah. four coins right now. It's XRP, right. HBAR, Quant, and XDC. That's all I have. Oh. And I honestly think that's wow. all I need. XDC, that's a yep. that's a sleeper pick. That is a sleeper. So you you like the ISO? Yeah, I'm a big fan. I just think it's the future like of you know, it's the future of finance, in my opinion. I mean, mm-hmm. the money needs to revolve in ways. I mean, it's really hard to justify at this moment in time because the way mm-hmm. that the United States economy is right now, you know, China going to a digital currency as well, pairing up with BRICS mm-hmm. and then all of that mm-hmm. stuff that's going on. There's so much stuff going on, but I see those tokens being the ones that whenever we see a lot more decentral- decentralization within, you know, world, the, the rest of the world and, you know, the rest of the governments out there, they're going to start mm-hmm. to tend to, you know, sway towards those ones that are a lot more eco-friendly and yep. sustainable. That's all it comes down totally. to. Totally. So wait, so yours was Quant, XCC, HBAR, and what? XRP. XRP, of course. Yeah, of course. XRP is the biggest <laughs> one from the get-go. I'm always going to talk people into Cardano and Algorand, but yeah. hey, I, I, you have conviction in your bags, and I respect that. That's what's See, up. I, I love. I was so happy to get you on because I knew you were big into Algo, and I, I wanted to. Love I was it. curious, are you into NFTs at all? Algo NFTs, HBAR yeah. NFTs. Yep. What are your thoughts on those? Yeah. So. Um, when I first got into crypto, um, a friend of mine told me about NFTs and I was like, dude, like, I don't really care. And he was like, dude, like, don't you want to buy this picture of this monkey? It's only like a half an (laughs) ETH. I just bought four of them for a half ETH. And I was like, what do I care? Like, I'm not buying a picture of a monkey for a half of Ethereum. You're like, you're out of your mind. And that was the Bored Ape Yacht Club. 
And I am forever kicking myself in the butt because he bought four and I bought zero. And that's what I get. So from that point on, I kind of always knew that I would like NFTs. Um, I am more of a day trader. I'm more of a chart guy than an NFT connoisseur. Uh, I have never really bought an NFT so I could flip it and make money. When I yeah. buy NFTs, it's kind of just because I want to be in the community. Um, with that said, with Algorand, I really like the Crazy Goose Flock. I like the Dope Duckies. I like the Say Meow Club, uh, the Algorand Mutants. Um, there's a couple other smaller ones. But um, And that's not really because I think they're going to be the next Board Ape Yacht Club. In fact, they definitely won't be. But it's okay because I'm in there for the community, and the community is what matters. True. Uh, like I'm there for them. I'm not there for whatever. You know what I mean? And um, with HBAR, I have been looking at the Dead Pixel Club and I actually swapped the H bar in my wallet to buy one. And when I did it, the one I wanted to buy got sniped. Uh, yeah, so now I'm waiting for this. People love those dead pixels. Uh, now I'm, I know. So I'm waiting for this specific trait to come back around at like a not over 10,000 H bar. And once I get there, I'll buy it. Nice. See, yeah. Uh, yeah. For all those algo NFT investors, NFT projects out there who, you know, are interested in coming on a podcast, feel free to reach yeah. out to us. I mean, the All, sure. pod, uh, the, the All Kings podcast has really been focused around HBAR NFTs and XRP NFTs, but we've hosted cool. Grand Gallery in the past and sure. ISO token NFT projects as well, like XD, XTC okay. projects and stuff of that nature. But it's been mainly focused cool. around HBAR NFT projects. And uh, some okay. that I'd recommend to you would be obviously Dead Pixels, Hangry Barboons, mm-hmm. uh, Panda yep. World, After Dark Social Club, Loco Lizards, and... Um, I, there's a couple more out there. Koala, ha- uh, Koala yeah. Hatch Clubs. There's so many great projects out there. It's so oh, hard yeah. to name them all. But then for XRP sides of things, I would definitely, there's only two that I really recommend to people, and that's XRP Junkies and X Spectre. Those are the only two XRP projects that I look into and have money in because I'm ready. XRP Junkies and what? X Spectre. X- okay. You've probably heard of X Spectre. Okay. Yeah, I, I've seen that before, but um, I have never bought an XRP NFT before, so gotcha. maybe that'll be my first one. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Cool. I, look yeah, um, yeah, for sure. I really like, um, you know, I kind of early on in NFTs, um, I actually still write for um, a project called Metasaurs. Metasaurs kind of like fell off a lot. Like it got crushed with every other like NFT that was kind of trying to come up, you know, last year. But uh, Merlin Kaufman, um, very cool guy. He uh, started the whole thing. Uh, shout out to Merlin. Um, he's keeping the project alive and he is kind of waiting for the next bull run to start because it doesn't make any sense to release a game or whatever. Like That's now. true. It makes zero sense. So uh, I've been writing the lore for them. I kind of just write like, you know, the story behind it and I can kind of do whatever I want. Uh, I've been doing that for over a year and, uh, for once a week in their discord, I don't really like talking about it that much because I don't want people, cause some people are kind of angry that the project went down very far and like, they think it's a rug, but I can tell you it's not a rug. And Merlin is just as upset as everybody else that the entire, uh, global financial sector is in a bear market, but yeah, literally. it's not, it, it's not Merlin's fault that Jerome Powell does what he does. You know what I mean? So, um, <laughs> But shout out to Metasaurus in that community. They've uh, helped me out a lot. And um, it's just cool. Like that is 
was kind of my introduction was working for them. So it's kind of part of the conversation. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's, that's I, yeah. I, there's so many great people out there developing out quality projects who, you know, at the end of the day, whether it's art based or whether they have some sort of vision behind it to, you know, prolong mm-hmm. the project and see it to its full fruition, whether it's a game, whether whatever they decide to make it be, you know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of, wholehearted people out there who have a vision and i'm just so happy to see people supporting those visions and you know yeah, totally the paper hands can totally. be gone <laughs> they can just go away yeah yeah no <laughs> another uh, nft i've been looking at is um i hope i'm pronouncing this right the can pie pandas uh let me let me search it to make sure i'm pronouncing it right for sure yeah can can C A N no excuse me K A N P A I can pie pandas yeah they're super cool um I lost the I have so many tabs open I can't find the tab you're on but uh, I'll okay. check them out there we are all right so the can pie panda is actually super cool uh when we were in the Bahamas with Ben we met their one of their founders this guy named Ice Bags is uh super big on Twitter and like can pie pandas has like john jones like wearing their t-shirt to press conferences for the ufc wow. and he's like real big into fighting and he even like kind of play sparred john jones like in the uh in like a hotel lobby and stuff and ice bags is just such a nice guy when i met him like playing poker with them and stuff and like uh i'm just stoked on his project and i haven't bought one yet but i'm going to and uh it's just really cool how they're kind of getting into the ufc they're sponsoring more fighters it's just, it's a cool one to follow I'll definitely check that out. That's, that's yeah, really exciting I'll text it to you. Because there's yeah. a lot of, I mean, influential people in this space, even outside of the space, just in Web2 on social media and stuff. And it's nice to be able mm-hmm. to see those people, you know, kind of migrate themselves and merge themselves into this Web3 space, whether it is, you know, starting their own NFT project or collaborating with other projects that are already established. It's just nice to see more yeah. integration. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It, it's only a matter of time. Like, We've already kind of seen how certain projects like even Doodles, for instance, are kind of like stepping out of Web3 to go back to like normal world mainstream, but which, which is fine. But they're kind of setting the standard of like Web3 projects making it to the mainstream. And we can all agree that Board Ape Yacht Club has done that. And I think it's just going to keep happening more and more and more as long as the right people are in the project. Definitely. <clears throat> yeah, it's well, pretty crazy of, to see, actually. Yeah, yeah. Outside of NFTs. The last thing I had for you today, AJ, is what are your thoughts on today's current market conditions? With everything going on in the world, with using TA and being a trader, Uh you see a lot within the charts. What are some things that you've seen currently within the charts and within, I mean, current events that is spiking your interest, really? And what are you... Sure. Um, can I share my screen with you? Of course. Yeah, you can. I believe there's a share button down there. There you go. Can you see that? Yeah, I can. Okay, you can see that. All right, very cool. Um, right, check out Trading View. All right, can you still see me or is it just yeah, the yeah, thing? Yeah, I can, I can see tell. you. You're all good. All right, so as you see, I'm here on the 30-second chart because I'm a complete degen. Um, but let's zoom out. All right, actually, before we look at Bitcoin, we got to look at my home base here. The ES1 exclamation point is the E-mini futures for the stock market. This is basically like a little fancy pants way to look at the stock market. So um, I'm running just a quick rundown. I'm running Market Cipher B. Uh, I normally run a hidden volume from the BitLab Academy. Let me find that. 
hidden volume right there. I like running hidden volume. Uh, it's a little bit different. And then this is an RSI. And then this right here is actually Lux Algo. And there's some other Lux Algo in here with Market Cipher A. Uh, visible rate volume profile. profile. Yep. I'm uh, I'm friends with Sean. Uh, he hooked it up, but I love Lux, Lux Algo. Um, and I, but, uh, but the BitLab indicators are actually really good too. If anyone wants to look at the BitLab indicators. So as you can see here, 2022, the stock market falls down the whole year long, all year. We're just in a descending, broadening, descending channel. And then in 2023, the beginning of the year, we broke up out of this channel and then we bullishly retested this channel. Let me get my little thing. So here's the retest, bullish retest. Here we are now. So basically we are hoping that this isn't like a double top that end up, if this like kind of rolls over and comes down here, that's not the best for Bitcoin. If this does go down, we want to see it stay above this trend line. We don't want to see it go down there or that would be bad news bears. We're kind of hoping it kind of like hooks and rolls up and puts in a higher high instead of having technically this is a lower high from this one over here because this um, this wicked up farther. So that's kind of, you kind of got to know where the stock market is at because it's not completely correlated to Bitcoin, but I have used the stock market to predict Bitcoin because I use Bitcoin to predict all coins. So it's all relative. So here we are, Bitcoin chart. All right, so there's a lot of really crazy lines here. <laughs> so this right here is the kind of the channel we broke out of from the beginning of the year, this little yellow line here and this yellow line here. The blue lines, these little blue lines here. Oh, let me get my little, oh, ooh, whoops. Oh, I know why that happened. One second. Let's just edit this little, this little part out. Okay, here we are, Bitcoin. So this, these blue lines right here are, this is an ascending channel that has started basically from the beginning pump in 2023. As you can see, we came up, we came halfway down, we, we bullishly retested off of the 200 EMA. We came up, we actually went below the EMA, tested the bottom of the channel, which is, this is also part of the channel here. And now here we are, and we're actually up above the channel a little bit. So at the same time, this is the daily chart and we're in this ascending channel, but we're also in a strange little bull flag right here. So if we kind of zoom in onto like say the four hour, there we are. Basically, we're trading inside this bull flag until we don't anymore. And as you can see, we're actually above the channel. That blue line is that ascending channel. So if Bitcoin can actually find a way to get above, you know, 29 and stay above 29, say if it bounces off this blue line and goes up and then bounces off that and makes a new SR level and continues on, that would be 30,000 in the cards 100%. Right now, we're kind of in this weird little spot where we're waiting to see if the, the stock market chart I showed you, we're waiting to see if that double top is confirmed or if it turns back around and puts in a higher high. That will also determine kind of, I think a little bit, to what's going to happen with Bitcoin. And we're kind of just going to stay in this channel here until we make a move. Um, I'm waiting to see exactly which way that move will be. And this channel, for the record, is uh, 9 basically a nine or 10% channel that we've been in for 
uh, 17 days, we've traded inside the same 11% for Bitcoin. So I kind of feel like something's going to load up here. Um, which direction we're going to go? This is kind of where, unfortunately, I'm leaning more bearish because of how I look at the daily chart. Um, so when you look at this, we are up outside of this channel, and that's great. But if you kind of look at the RSI, the RSI is coming down from the 80 line. I use 80-20 for RSI instead of 70-30. I just like it better. And then also on Market Cipher here, you can see that one, there's a red dot, and two, the price on the wicks here has gone up here, and this momentum oscillator has gone down here. And that is a classic example of bearish divergence on the daily chart. It also, you can see the bearish divergence playing out on the RSI on the daily chart as well. Makes so sense. I kind of foresee Bitcoin possibly, excuse me, uh, possibly coming down. This is kind of where there's some a little bit of work involved. Um, if you run the visible range volume profile, this over here shows where the most amount of buyers are sitting. The most amount of buyers, well, actually, when you kind of come out here, it'll, re it'll reset. Okay, so there, see this little volume gap here? Yeah. Right here is where we are. But then there's a gap in the volume profile to here. That is super important because 25K is a very important level. And there's a reason we need to stay above it. Because if we kind of go back through history, let me pull up the weekly chart. Or I'll even go five-day chart, whatever. As you can see where we are, where we are right now. Oh, let me pull this over a little bit. Yep, there we go. If you kind of draw this line from here, see how we're below that previous level? Yeah. Right here, this level. This is a very important SR support resistance line because this is where we – this was the floor for us back when we – in 21 when before we double-topped. So now we're actually below that. So if we can – like I said before, we need to get above that SR level and continue on. If we get straight rejected at this SR level, I'm looking at us probably coming down this channel. Um, that would be super unfortunate, but I see that maybe happening. Um I'm trying to get rid of that little squiggle right there because we are on top of the channel, but we're also in a bull flag and we're right on a really important previous OSR level. So there's so many ways this could go. We're at a really important wait and see moment. But if you pull a fixed range volume pro profile from the beginning of 2023. Oh, did it not work? Oh, I think I pulled a fib, not a fixed range. Okay. If you, if you run a fixed range from the beginning of 2023, I did this earlier right here. You will see that th this matches up with this volume node right here, which is 23,000. Uh, 23,000 would work out and it would even bounce off this line by May. I don't know. The it end of May, justify. maybe. Yeah. To, if it if it could come down faster, yeah. but this kind of makes more sense to me. If we that that's assuming we continue putting in higher highs like this that are higher than this high here, but at the same time, um, I don't want to see us put. I want to see us stay above this line because this is a higher high, and if we kind of dip below this line here, which is like twenty five. 
three something that that would be bad like kind of structurally so that's kind of what i'm looking at just a quick little kind of longer little version of how i approach da and um and i kind of really always look at structure i always look at patterns i i like to look at candles when i'm really getting into like positions and volume using fixed range volume profiles and visible range volume profiles are also super important um like what i definitely i'm going to say is that I'm never using Market Cipher or Lux Algo or the BitLab in volume uh, standalone, never standalone. I'm looking for confluence between several indicators. And that's how um, when they all start to tell the same story, you can kind of see what's going on. Um, this Bitcoin's in a really weird spot because it broke out of that channel, but it's still in a bull flag. So it, it's at the top of the channel, but the middle of the bull flag. So we're, we're really out of I'm at a wait and see moment. And if Bitcoin comes back into that channel, I completely expect it first to 25 and then maybe to 23. Um, but if we go above 29 and stay above 29, we successfully flipped a previous very important support resistance level. So those are the levels to look at. And uh, yeah, there we go. And there you have it, folks. There's some TA there by AJ. Nice. Hey. <laughs> I, yeah, I love, I love doing TA, man. Uh, that's like really what got me like really, really going with crypto like the news and everything like i care about that yeah. but like ta like there's an art to ta uh and i was always really i really liked math coming up uh college and stuff like that so this kind of the statistics and angle of everything is super fun for me and that's why i do the price prediction department because i'm always yeah. just rattling off numbers and uh ben will text me like what do you think of these levels or blah 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 we kind of bounce like trading ideas off of each other so it's super fun but I, I really enjoy TA and I yeah. encourage anyone listening, if you haven't, if a lot of the words I said or the terms I said didn't make sense to you, do what I did. Google everything you don't know about and just learn it until you master it. And once you do that, crypto becomes a lot more fun. Truly. And at the end of the day, it's not financial yeah. advice. <laughs> not financial advice. But I, the, my favorite yeah. part of uh, the, the price prediction department was whenever you you indicated to Ben to pick up his phone again because he put it down. That was the funniest yeah. thing ever. <laughs> that was so funny. I just kind of poked it and he was like... <laughs> then he knew right away. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. That was a good time. Yeah, uh, we're probably doing like two or three times a week. Uh, it's going to get interesting once we kind of get through all the big hitters, like which coins are going to pick for price prediction. But there's so many coins that like, even if we do three or two a week for months and months, we're still going to miss a lot too. So um, I'm definitely open to taking requests uh, in the comments or whatever. If anyone wants uh, my prediction on a certain coin, I'd be more than happy to do that. Nice. Well, yeah. AJ, you answered all my questions. I'm glad we got to sit down for this hour. Yeah, man. And, you know, it's been totally. a, it's been a true pleasure, and I'd love to host you again down the line. Yeah, totally. Where 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 are you in America? I'm based in St. Louis. In St. Louis. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, dude, if you ever find yourself in the Atlanta area and you want to hang out for a day at the Bitboy Crypto headquarters, you just hit me up, and you're in the door. Let's I got you happen. anytime. Let's make that happen. All right, you you let me know, bro. I, I got, got you. you. Well, AJ, right. thank you again for your time. And with yeah, that being course. said, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the All Kings Podcast, and we will see you all next episode. Peace.